Well, good morning and welcome to At The Movies at Grumlaw Church. This month we are having a little bit of fun and we're looking at movies and we're taking the movies and has a jumping off point to illustrate truths that affect our lives. And I love a good story. And it seems I'm not alone because I looked up a statistic and it said in 2018, 1.3 billion movie tickets were purchased in North America. So we all seem to love a good story. And I hit the jackpot this morning in a story in a movie called Lion. And today um, it's a story, it's based on a true story actually about a boy named Saru Briarly. So cute. So Saru was born in an impoverished village in India, and his family was very, very poor. His father left his mother um, when Saru was young, and left her with four children to try to work for. So in an effort to help the mother, Saru and his older brothers would search abandoned trains for coins and leftover food and bring them home. And you know, they didn't have much in the way of worldly goods, but they had this great love for one another. And this love was so impressed upon Saru that it would help him even when his world was turned absolutely upside down in an instant. It would be enough to help him survive even the worst. Gudu Gudu
So as you saw in that scene, Saru had gone to work with his brother Gadu and had fallen asleep. Being such a young child, he couldn't stay awake while his brother was working. And when he awoke, he couldn't find his brother. So he went to search on a train and he fell asleep on that train. And that train led him 900 miles away from home. And so a five-year-old little boy survived on the streets of Calcutta, one of the most populous cities in the entire planet. For three weeks alone, he survived. He was ultimately taken into an orphanage where he was adopted by a couple in Tasmania who gave him a great life, who gave him the life that we would want to give all of our children. But there was something in Saru who he was and where he was from haunted him, and that led him on a search for answers. is enormous you must have been freaking out I once went through there on a pilgrimage to Puri and I missed my connection twice you didn't speak Bengali oh, I didn't even know I was called that how long were you on the train a couple of days a couple of days so what was your hometown again can I still like I must have had it wrong because it doesn't exist but there must be something else that you do remember Sleep on had this big rain tank, and it was only a few stops from Ganestale. Oh, there are thousands of sessions with rain tanks. Look, it was a, a long time ago. Have you heard of this new program, Google Earth? Ah, it's incredible. You can find any place from anywhere. Listen to me. We can find out how fast passenger trains went back then. We take that speed, multiplied by the hours that you were on the train. That's it. We create a search radius. Well, Saru never forgot. Clearly, there was a longing and an aching in him. And this is where the movie might intersect with us this morning. Perhaps you are searching for something. Maybe you're searching for a job that's more fulfilling or you're searching for someone to share your life with. Perhaps you're searching for answers to a sickness or like Lori, she was searching for answers. Why? Um, but maybe it's more than that because after all, you did come to a church this morning and I know that some of you were forced to be here. Some of you, your parents made you come. Yes, I make my children come to church. Um, some of you, perhaps, you came because you were maybe guilted or ob felt obligated because uh, your coworker, your neighbor, your friend, or your spouse, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend were like, please come, please come, please come. You're like, dear God, if I walk through those doors, I will finally get them off my back. So some of you may be here for that reason. 
but most of you are here of your own free will. And I wondered if you would just ask yourself this simple question. Why? Why are you here? Why did you come this morning? Perhaps you're searching. And if you call yourself a Jesus follower, I would hope that your answer to that question, are you searching, would be yes. Would be, I'm always searching for more of God. I'm constantly striving to be more like him. I'm constantly striving to look and act and behave in a way that's more like Jesus. But if you're not a Jesus follower yet, you're just checking this whole thing out, you're checking the church thing out, you're checking out Christianity, I would hope that your answer is yes as well because that's what we all have in common. This isn't a Christian thing. This is a human being thing. We all have something inside of us that just wants more. And until we find what that more is, we will continue to search And if you are here this morning and that's you, you're like, yep, I'm searching. I'm either searching for more of God or I'm just maybe searching for who he is or man, I feel like he's been distant and silent and perhaps I've even felt angry with him, but I am searching for him nonetheless. You have come to the right place this morning. A few weeks ago, we showed a baptism story very similar to the story we saw of Lori's, which I thought was so incredible because it fits so perfectly with what we're talking about this morning. But this story was a story of Brittany Thomas, and she shares about her search for God. She shares how she's skeptical to believe in a God that she can't touch, that she can't see. And she shares about how she took the challenge to just open up the Bible. She said every week, Shay's saying, just open it up, just open it up, just read it. And so she did. And she tells us that when she opened it up, it wasn't anything at all that she thought. She said, I thought it was this book of regimented prayers and chants. But when she opened it and began to read the book of Luke, which is a gospel book, we find Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're gospels. They tell the story of Jesus' birth and his life and his death and his resurrection. She said, as I began to read it, God revealed himself to me. And I began to see that it was so much more. And she ends her baptism story with this. She says, my name is Brittany Thomas, and I'm getting baptized today because I finally have God in my life And it feels so good. And when I heard that, man, I don't know, I lost it. Because hers was a search that ended with finding exactly what she was looking for. And that is a relationship with her creator. And I want to share good news with you today, especially if you're a skeptic, especially if you're not sure. Maybe you're even fighting being here today, and if we, like, could turn the lights down, you might run out that door and never come back. God longs for you to search for him. And in return, he gives us incredible promises. And we find those promises in the Bible, that Bible that Brittany said, she just took the chance, and she opened it up. The Bibles, we have them for free on the back table. Man, if our best thing that would happen today is if we were out of Bibles and we had to order more for next week. But in that Bible, recorded for you are the words of God, written by men 
through his Holy Spirit. And I have to tell you, it's incredible because they were recorded and preserved and passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation so that you could read it for yourself. So that you wouldn't have to take my word for it. You don't have to take Shay's word for it. You don't have to take Jason's word for it. You don't have to take any pastor, any preacher, any TV person. You could read it for yourself. You could read the words of God and know his heart and know truth and perhaps come to an end for your search. So in this book recorded for you is the promise that when you search for God, he will be found by you. And I'm just going to share with you two of those verses this morning. The first is this. Those who search for me will surely find me. And the second promise is this. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And you know, there's a phrase in this verse that I want to dissect and pull out for you this morning. And the phrase is this. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all your heart. And I want to be absolutely 100% crystal clear with you this morning. This is not an effort thing. It is not a, I say this, I pray this five times, I do this, I do that, I do the hokey pokey and I turn myself around, right? And then God will pay attention to me and God will notice me. It's not an effort thing. It's a posture. Seeking God with all of your heart is a posture. It's a humble, curious, genuine, determined search. It's picking up that Bible and opening up to one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and just taking a chance. Or going back, for those of you who have been following Jesus, but maybe you haven't opened your Bible in a while. And just seeing what God has to say to you. And maybe, especially if you're a skeptic, you can even say, God, this seems crazy because I don't even know if you exist. But if you do, would you show me who you are? And searching for God with your, all your heart is also a posture of not giving up. Not giving up. Seeking God with all your heart means I'm not looking for magic. I'm not looking for a genie in a bottle. It's not, you know what, I said a prayer once, but God didn't answer me, so he can't exist. It's not, well, I went to church once, but the people were really rude, and they're hypocritical, and they smelled, and so I, I'm just never going back there. It's a posture of one that won't give up. I won't just say one prayer. I won't just show up one time to church. Oh, I read the Bible once, but it really didn't make sense to me, so I just closed it and put it back on the shelf. Seeking God with all of your heart just doesn't give up. So I did some research, speaking of not giving up, on Saru's real-life search. And just like we did see in that clip, he did use Google Earth. And he calculated the speed of trains back at the time that he disappeared, and he multiplied it by how many days he was on the train. And he came up with a search radius. And that search radius was 900 million square kilometers. I don't know how many miles that is, but that seems pretty big to me. I think that I may have given up before I had even started. His train station was one of 10,000 train stations. And Saru searched for six years. And he estimates that he spent more than 10,000 hours looking for his family. But his wholehearted search resulted in this. Thank you. 
finish this now. All right. Well, this is a true story. And you can go on the internet and search this Hollywood scene. You can watch it in real life. You can watch Saru Brierly meet his mother, and he takes his adoptive mother, and the two of them meet. And you want to talk about you're crying now? Then you're really crying then. And it is so powerful. And it's the result of a wholehearted, I will not give up search for truth. And you know, our search for God is similar. God honors a wholehearted search. And I want to tell you this morning, God is not playing hide and seek with you. He is waiting for you. He is patiently waiting for you. He is waiting for you to come to him. He's waiting for you to open up the pages of his word. He is waiting for you to soften your heart towards him. He is waiting for you to just simply listen. So if you are searching today, don't give up. Keep searching. And as I prepared for this talk, I thought about what you may be thinking at this point because I thought what I might be thinking if I were listening to even my own words. There may be some of you who have thought, I have searched for God. I have felt like I have searched with him with my whole heart. I have felt like I have prayed and he has not answered me. What do I do then? Well, last summer was one of the most difficult summers of my life. Um, and that's not an exaggeration. Uh, my husband and I have three children, and two of our children were going through pretty significant trials, challenges. Um, my oldest daughter has 
I hate to say an autoimmune disease because it hasn't been diagnosed yet, and I hate, I don't wish her to ever have one, but she has some autoimmune issues that we have not been able to figure out, and we have been to doctor after doctor and had test after test. We got to the point where my daughter was like, I'm not going. She's 16. She's like, I'm not going anymore. I'm not going to be poked. I'm not going to be prodded. They just won't know. They don't know what's wrong with me. Well, it got to the point where her debilitation, she has debilitating pain, and she also sometimes suffers from debilitating fatigue. And if you know my daughter, she is young, she is vibrant, she is determined, she's a hardworking athlete. She was a super successful cross-country runner before she got sick. And so we finally thought that we had the answers. Uh, her gallbladder wasn't working properly, and we thought, okay, we're going to get this gallbladder out, and it's going to fix things. And the surgeon told us, you can take your gallbladder out, but it's not going to fix things. But I said, oh, no, we're going to get this gallbladder out, and it's going to fix things. And it didn't fix things. And she's still sick, and we're still going from doctor to doctor, and we're still searching for answers. And if you add to that, um, my youngest daughter, who is 10, um, she struggles with anxiety. Uh, since she was born, uh, she's been difficult, um, and... It's hard to say that, but she never slept. Um, she has difficulty in school. She has difficulty making friends. She has difficulty being a friend. She has difficulty with transitions. It doesn't matter what kind of transition it is, whether it's school to summer, summer to school, whether it's home to vacation, vacation to home. And last summer, it kind of all came to her head. Her uh, anxiety was so bad that she began to hurt herself. And she had bruises all over her legs. And that was the lowest point in my life. And I tell you the truth, I didn't feel like searching for more of God. So if you're there, I know. I've been there. I didn't feel like saying one more prayer because you know what? I had prayed a lot. And my daughter wasn't getting better and my youngest wasn't getting any easier. And if I'm completely honest and vulnerable with you this morning, I was just mad. I was mad at God. Because I'm like, hey, uh, God, you're the God who created this whole world and everything in it, and you can't make this go away? And that's all I wanted. I just wanted it to all go away. But what I realized through it is that I was just mad at God because he wasn't doing what I wanted him to do. He had a plan all along, and he had never left me. He wasn't the one who had gone distant or moved far away from me. I am the one who grew weary. It was me. It wasn't him. I didn't have answers to my oldest medical issues, and I certainly don't have answers for my youngest anxiety but every single time that I would just say the most simple prayer, and when we talk about a wholehearted search for God, like seek God with all your heart, I had like this much, like this much faith, like this much energy, this much effort. But every time I would even just give the most simple, basic prayer, God would provide an answer, whether it was a therapist for my youngest, a counselor for me another doctor who knew just a little bit more, medication for my daughter that's helping her. She's able to run again. She's going to cross-country camp today. What a blessing that is. And also it gave me an increased compassion for those who are hurting, for those who have children who struggle with anxiety. No more do I think, oh, that can't be real. You know, you must be feeding your kid red dye number six or something. Um, <laughs> listen, I thought that before, but I didn't think that anymore. 
I grew weary in my search, but I did not give up because God would not let me. And what's incredible is I didn't even know this verse existed. I've read it before, but I didn't know this verse existed before today. And I want to show you this verse. It's Isaiah 57:10. It says, you grew weary in your search, but you never gave up. Desire gave you renewed strength and you did not grow weary. And I thought that's weird because it said you grew weary. Now it says you did not grow weary. And in this verse, I saw this. There was one part me and three parts God. One part was me. I grew weary. That's all I did. That's all I did is grow weary. But I didn't give up. But that's because God gave me this desire and renewed my strength. And at the end, I did not grow weary to the point that I gave up. If you are searching this morning, I am telling you, do not give up. If you are searching for God, he is there. He is patiently waiting for you to come to him. And let me tell you, when you just take one tiny little baby step towards him, he comes running towards you. I'm going to close with this. Jesus told a story while he was walking here on earth. And he told a story about a son who wished that his father was dead. This son said, went to his father and said, you know what, dad? I don't care about you. I don't love you. I want what is mine. Give it to me now. I'm leaving. And the father gives the son his inheritance and the son leaves. And he wastes all of his money. And Jesus tells us that this man reached such a low point. He was so hungry that he was jealous of the slop that the pigs were eating. And he remembered. He's like, you know what? Even my father's servants have food to eat. So this son comes up with a plan. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to my father, but I'm not going to go back as a son because I would never be deserving of that. I'm going to go back and I'm just going to ask my father if I can be his servant so I can have enough food to eat. So the son has this plan, and I'm sure all the way home he's rehearsing in his mind what he will say to his father. Of course, he'll say he's sorry. But they'll say, I don't demand anything. I don't expect anything. I screwed up. I messed this up. So please just let me be your servant. But you see, what the son doesn't know is that the father has been watching and waiting for him. And Jesus tells us that when the son is a long way off, the father sees him. And as soon as the father sees his son, he begins to run to him. Those kids are having a good time, aren't they? Like, this is a really serious point, don't they know? So the father runs to the son. And when he gets to the son, he grabs him and he hugs him and he kisses him. And he doesn't even let the son give the speech that he's been rehearsing all the way home. And ultimately, the father restores the son back to his former place. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. The father in this story is God, and the son is us. We've taken what we've wanted. We've despised God's intervention in our lives, and we've wasted it all. And at the end of our ropes, when we have nothing left, we turn back to God. And you know what? God doesn't scold us. He doesn't punish us. He doesn't say, you should have known better. I'm not taking you back. He comes running to us. It's one part us. We just turn.
and three parts God. He comes running to us. So in closing, I want to make this super, super practical this morning because I don't want any of you to walk out the door and be like, wow, that was super powerful. Wow, I want to watch that movie Lion. Wow, this was so good. But I have no idea what to do with it. So I'm going to leave you with four super practical points, four super easy ways that you can begin to search for God with your whole heart. So how do we take those steps towards him? One, we keep coming back. Just keep coming back. I hope that Grumla will become a part of your daily rhythm. Or if you're a guest, that your home church, it will just become a part of your daily rhythm to show up every Sunday and to keep searching for God. Two, you can get a Bible. Open it up. Read it. They're in the back. Three, you can cross the line. What do I mean by that? Some of you have been coming to church for a long time. Maybe you even came as a kid. Your parents taught you, but... Turned out that God wasn't exactly what you thought when you got older and life didn't go the way you wanted, so you walked away. And you're on this line, on this side of a line of unbelief. But you're just ready to believe. And you can cross that line from unbelief to belief. And it's as easy as this. You say, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you came to this earth, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again, and you are alive. And the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God rose him from the dead, you will be saved. Cross the line from unbelief to belief and start living a new life. And the fourth thing is this, start again. Some of you, you know who Jesus is. Some of you have prayed that prayer, but you have grown weary. And let me tell you again, I hear you. I get it. Because even just this last week, we had one of the most difficult weeks with my little one. And I am weary. But don't give up. If you have given up, it is not too late. The Father is waiting and watching for you to turn.